After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. Hey everybody again, this is Micah Frame with The Few, The Proud, The Profitable, where we exclusively talk to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space especially, there are a lot of people who exaggerate, a lot of people who fabricate what their successes are. So on this show, we only talk to online business owners who actually make money. So today we're talking to Legal Eagle Robert Wright. Thanks for being on here, buddy. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we usually take 15-ish minutes. That's a rough suggestion. Sometimes we end up finishing early. A lot of times we end up finishing over. But about 15 minutes, we're going to ask you five questions. So for the first one, in a couple of sentences, just tell us what you do. So I'm a lawyer, right? But I'm, I'm a little bit of a different lawyer. I am the first virtual lawyer based out of Kentucky. We opened up our virtual law practice back in 2008. I don't have a physical brick and mortar location because I don't need one. I use my laptop as my office and uh, I exclusively help small business owners, e-commerce entrepreneurs grow and scale their business, kind of navigate the waters uh, of online uh, safe, safely and, and hopefully successfully. Yeah. So you do that with a lot of, I know working from you, you do a lot of IP, you do entity setups. Do entity setups, do a lot of trademark work, a lot of copyright work, uh, a lot of website terms and conditions and privacy policies. Uh, you know, basically if there's, you know, something that's you know, general contracts as well. Yeah. Uh, really anything that an e-commerce um, seller or provider would, would need from a legal perspective, I'm, I'm, I help them do the work. Cool. How the, I'm curious, the, the home office, is that easier or harder with all your kids? <laughs> well, that is, it depends. Uh, generally, it's easier, but I was on with a client uh, before we hopped on here, and we were, she was, her dog was barking in the background, and I was kind of joking. as Well, pretty soon, I might, you know, depending upon the time of day, might yeah. have a two-year-old running into the office. So, you know, you, you, your dog is fine. Not a big yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's interesting. As long as you... As great as it is to have a laptop and just kind of go wherever and, and work, um, it's also nice to have a dedicated space. So I've yeah. got my little spot in the house. It's just me. Uh, the door, although I need a lock on the door, evidently, but it, when it is closed, I'm in the office. And when I'm out of the office, I'm not doing work. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I used to do better work at home, but it's gotten harder and harder. And more and more, I feel like I get distracted and just have to come into the office. Yeah, well, every every once in a while, I'll have to. I think I think it's good to just move in different spaces just to kind of help focus. Yeah. A, a client over the weekend, I was I was talking to him like, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend?" They're like, "We're going to a hotel." I'm like, "Well, why are you are you going to a hotel?" And they're like, "We've got to get some work done." Like they're physically moving you know, out of their home office and, you know, to another location just because that's where they were going to be most productive. Yeah, so, nothing wrong with moving around every once in a while. Right. All right. Cool. Question number two, what's yep. the best thing about having a profitable online business? The best thing about having a profitable online business is that I'm in business. Yeah. And I am in business. I was walking and explained back to someone the other day and it's really twofold. One, there's very much an educational component to my practice. I love to 
you know, help teach people about trademarks and copyrights and patents and, you know, why a privacy policy is necessary or what that means in a contract or, hey, here's why you have a registered agent. Um, I, I just, there's very much an educational aspect of my practice. And so being profitable allows me to, to educate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also allows me to serve. It's very important to me. You know, there's, you said that there's a lot of, um, exaggeration and flamboyancy in, in the online space. And there's certainly that, uh, but there's also, because of that, there's just also a lot of people who get sold a bill of goods, you know, the, Oh, you know, I can take this course and I'll make a million dollars, even though yeah. I've only got $5 to invest. Um, and they just don't know what they don't know. And so, you know, trying to, to, you know, hold those people by the hand, really guide them and support them as they grow and scale their business. Um, that, that's, that's what gives meaning to my work. And, yeah. and you know, yes, money is great and you got to put food on the table, but at the end of the day, I think you have to do meaningful work. And so being yeah. able to educate and then empower and support folks in their own journeys, that's just, that's, that's what makes my practice uh, worth practicing. Yeah. And, but that does start with actually making money first. It does. And that's- so if I, if I, if I were, if I didn't have any money coming in from that, I'd be the, uh, I won't be able to do any of it. So yeah. it's, it's a nice little cycle for sure. That's what's fun. Cause our practice is the same way. There's a lot of education. There's so much consulting with our clients. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I'd have people, you know, usually people who were too small to afford us mm-hmm. get a little agitated that, well, you're just, you know, I'm worried about relationships or making an impact or all the, you know, these buzzwords. And that's all great. And to be clear, so, so am I, but that's predicated on me being in business first and having enough to support myself. And what inevitably seemed to happen with those cus- those companies that, you know, weren't pro- weren't profit driven is mm-hmm. they ended up not existing in pretty short order. Yeah. No, I, it's, it, it's funny, you know, I, I don't think money is anything or like charging a fee is anything to be embarrassed about or anything yeah. to shy away from. I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, there's, there's, this isn't a nonprofit practice. You don't run a nonprofit practice. And, and if anything, as I've, as I've grown in my career, it's become more clear to me the value of time, right? Yeah. And so if I am working with a client or, you know, consulting with a client, you know, to become a client, um, and, and if there's ever any sort of hesitancy around valuing my time, you know, yeah. like not being willing to, to, to pay for me, like, I appreciate that, but like, I, I, I've got to move on from it. And it's not because I'm greedy and it's not because, um, it, it, for any other reason than I only have so many hours in the day. Yeah. And just as I respect other people's time, I, I just, you know, I would ask that my time be for Yeah. And that's, well, that's fair. And I've found for- for various reasons that the clients who can least afford you and the ones who are willing to pay the least usually end up being the most difficult to deal with. And the ones who are willing to pay you, they end up being such nicer clients are much more appreciative of you and value your time and everything you're doing. So yeah, I I, I, I think back to early days when, you know, you're launching a practice and in many, many ways you'll kind of take all comers. Anything. Anything. Trying to get some momentum going. Right. And I, and I think back and, and it's funny. I had, uh, 
I, you know, I had some early clients because of an email blast that I had sent out. Like I just hadn't connected with them in, in a number of years for whatever reason. And then I sent out this email blast and all of a sudden, you know, people from very early days kind of started coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, 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 I had forgotten what I, what little I had charged them just to kind of get a little bit of money in and a little bit of momentum going. And as they were asking for some new work and, and I quoted them, they're just like, yeah, well, the last time, like, whoa, that's much higher. And, you know, you yeah. charged me $50. I'm like, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'd be great. I'd love to help you, but let me, let me find you. The first time. Yeah, like, you know, let me find another resource to help you. And I will help people. I'll, like, connect them. Sure, with absolutely. Them. But, you know, but but can't can't do that. I've only got so many hours in the day, and, and you got to make the most of them, for sure. Right. At a certain point, when you're at capacity, you're you're giving up better paying work if you if you choose to yeah, yeah. well i've also found like if you if if you're it's difficult not to to i mean you do quality work for everybody but there's a resentfulness that comes with you know, sure not charging this person enough yeah like and 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 so to because I don't like that I can't do my job as an attorney if there's that resentfulness there right. and so I just don't like here's my fee and if you can pay it great it's a very reasonable fee and if yeah. you can't totally cool I'm gonna connect you with somebody you know maybe right. a little junior that can help you exactly yeah. all right cool well number three mm -hmm. we hear talking to online business owners that cash flow ends up being a big challenge and it's one of the things that we work with our clients a lot on yeah. I think about yours you've got some recurring stuff, but you also have a lot of transactional work. So how do you, how do you manage your cash flow? Ooh, uh, very carefully, uh, to be, to be honest with you, you know, one of the things, especially as a, as a solo, um, you're wearing a lot of different hats, you yeah. know, you're doing the work or you're, you know, you have a team, I have a team that helps me, a paralegal team to help me do work. Uh, but I'm the marketing team and I am the yeah. HR team and I am the finance team. I am, I am the everything. And it is, it is really, I don't yeah, I joke with people. I went to law school because I don't like numbers, right? I just, I don't like math. I don't want to do math. Like math is for somebody. Math is for you. You like. Uh, it's, it's arithmetic. It's, okay. <laughs> um, I, 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 it's easy for me to shy away to go out and bring the, you know, do the marketing and bring the money in and to do the work and build the fee. And my least favorite thing to do is to actually sit down and look at a budget and make sure everything is being paid the way it needs to be paid, making sure that the right amount of money is in the coffers, making sure that outstanding invoices mm -hmm. aren't outstanding. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, you know, management that goes into that. And I realized as I was growing and scaling, I wasn't doing as good of a job on that as I needed to. And so I have purposely just every week blocked off time on my calendar where I sit down I, put, I take off the legal hat, I take off the marketing hat, and I, I put on the financial hat. And I dig into the accounts, and I dig into invoices, and I make sure that things are properly billed if they haven't been, and I make sure that payments are received if they haven't been. Um, and so I'm just, I'm constantly, you know, managing cash flow. And my, my hope is that long term, that's not, I'm not going to have to be as involved in it as I am. But I've also found that when I pull myself out of it, I, I just don't have the line, the line of sight that I that I would like in terms of my own finances. So I'll probably right. lose you lose a little bit of that tactile feel. You, you really do. Like I've for me, 
for me, although I hate to be in the weeds with it because it's just not my strong suit, I, I have to be. Otherwise, you just kind of get you get lost and you don't know where the practice is or where it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, like you said, you have to budget the time for because yeah. I'm an accountant. This is what we do. But not this last tax season, but the one before, mm-hmm. I hired a CPA because we needed more we needed help. It yeah. just didn't end up working out. It just yeah. they weren't where they needed to be. So they lasted a, about a month. The hmm. problem was, was that we had taken on all this extra work <laughs> predicated on the idea of having two of us. Yeah. I was here 120 hours a week. I was here till three or four in the morning. And it's funny because then the next year, what we found was when we're, you know, the new CPA that I have now, who's awesome, hmm. he, he would complete a return. He's like, hey, what? I was looking to see what we charged them last year. I'm not seeing them. And there would be all these people where I've done this work, but I was so far in the weeds that there were thousands and thousands of dollars that I just lived. Oh, yeah. Slip right. that, yeah. It, it's, it's, that's just part of, I mean, I've had, I've had similar things where I'm, I'm so work's got to get done, got to do it quickly. Okay. Move, you know, and then you're on to the next thing. And then, you know, you'll stop and think, wait a minute, did I bill for that? I yeah. did bill for that. Like, and then you go back and, and you know, you, you bill or you have a really uncomfortable, you know, conversation. So six, hey, months, I know, six ago, months ago, I did, I did this or work. You just, or you just, you know what, that's a lesson learned. And right. yep, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll do better the next time. So you got to have, you know, one of the things that I've really tried to, to work on in the practice is you talked about, you know, a lot of transactional work. Number one, having systems in place so that those things don't get missed. Yeah. Don't get dropped. Um, and then also trying to figure out, you know, ways that, that a, a simple transactional sort of thing, like doing a trademark registration, for example, that that can somehow, you know, lead into more uh, recurring revenue centric sort yeah. of work, you know, because my, and, and selfishly, yes, that's, that's more consistent cash flow for me, but it also, from a client perspective, very rarely does someone come into the doors need just one thing right. and go off and just that they're fine. There's generally more that needs to happen. Yeah. And so as, as I've worked to grow and scale, trying to solve for that where people don't feel like they're just being billed for some random thing that they may or may not need really showing the value in terms of, okay, we did the trademark registration and now we need to monitor it. And here's why. Yeah. You know, if you don't monitor it, here are the things that are going to happen and creating offers around that. Um, it's been it's been fun and, and pretty interesting to do. Well, yeah, with trademark or copy or any kind of IP. I mean, it's funny we were talking in the office earlier about how LeBron tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. That's been the talk of the uh, trademark world for the last week is Taco Tuesday. But I think there, if I'm not mistaken, I sh- I'm, shouldn't say this because I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure there is a guy who owns that trademark, but he did such a bad job protecting it that it, the the cat's out of the bag at this point. That would be that would be my guess. And I, I just I was busy last week. I was doing some traveling, and, and all this was hitting with LeBron and the Taco Tuesday thing. Um, I meant to go out to the office and actually take a look at the application, see yeah. what he's trying to do, um, to see if he even has a chance of getting Taco Tuesday yeah. registered in the mark. Um, but it w- it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I, I the internet is such an amazing thing in that, you know, you get access to all this information and all this education, you know, it's at, at, at your fingertips. 
but it has also created this sense of, well, I can do it. All it is is a couple of online you know, forms that I need to fill yeah. out. Templates do everything for you. Templates do everything, yeah. Oh. And and it's just I I end up fixing a lot of trademark registrations, which is which is cool. Um, but you know, people again, it kind of goes back to that: Do you are you willing to pay for for services rendered? Do you value yeah expertise, quote unquote? Um, you know, if people would have just you know hired me or hired someone to do the work, they they would have paid less because now they they spent time, money, and effort filing the thing. And they, did it incorrectly or they could have done it better uh and then they pay me or someone to, to end up fixing it and just yeah they just would have you know cut a check or spent the money up front and said you know hey i recognize i'm not an expert in filing trademark registration so yeah. they find someone who does that in, in the course of their practice they would have been better off okay now not so much because we've got our roster of clients but the first couple of years i made more money fixing other people's mistakes than i made doing these yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. So question number four in a couple of minutes, tell everyone a tip that every online business owner should know. Here's what, I, here's what I'm going to tell you. And I, I say this in the private label space a lot because that's the bulk of my clients, but I think the same is true just more generally in, in e-com and this, this notion that business is war. So many people start an online business and they just, it's it's so relaxed and it's so easy and they put in a credit card and they launch a Shopify store and they get products off of AliExpress or whatever it is. They create a course and throw it out there and they just don't treat it like a real business. Yeah. Business is war. As soon as you start to make a little bit of money, everybody is coming for you. You know, if you're selling on Amazon, you're going to have, you know, hijackers on your listing. If you've got a great Shopify store, somebody's going to create a copycat store. You know, if you have a great course, guess what? People are going to copy, swipe it, stick it on another site, and you're going to lose sales. People are coming after you. So you have to do the things that good, solid, legitimate businesses do to protect themselves and their brands. So number one, you register your trademark, right? We, we, you want to make sure, number one, that whatever branding you've created can function as a trademark, meaning it is not descriptive of your product. It is not descriptive of your service. It's arbitrary. It's fanciful. It's a coined term. It's something that is empty until you fill it up with meaning from whatever you're selling. So you're going to have a, a, a mark that can function as a trademark and is registrable. It isn't already taken. I cannot tell you how many people go out and they choose a name for a product or a name for a service and start selling it everywhere without actually checking to see has somebody already registered that name. Yeah. You were talking about Taco Tuesday and LeBron. Go to USPTO.gov, plug in whatever brand name you're thinking about using and see what pops up, you know, and if it if something pops up, you might want to choose a different brand name. You know, you got to choose something that's registrable, not already taken. Otherwise, you're going to be in hot water legally, or you're, you're going to have to do a rebrand after you've had some degree of success and start all the way over. You don't want to do that. Um, secondly, take care of your copyrightable works whether it's product photos, whether it's photos on a website, whether it's sales copy or blog posts, whatever, you know, YouTube videos, whatever your assets are, protect them, register the copyright in them. Again, business is war. People are going to copy you. Having a registered copyright is the absolute easiest way to get content removed. If you are a course creator and people are stealing your course, if you have a registered copyright, 
you can easily take care of that and that and it, which is to your financial benefit because yeah if there are lesser cost copies out there or free copies that's taking sales away from you so take care of your copyrightable works well i think people misunderstand with copyright too is the tiers of tiers of copyright protection because a lot of things you get theoretically you get automatic copyright as of date of publishing yeah the protection level you get there's such a disparity relative to one there's such a disparity yeah it's one of those things like and, and this is kind of the education piece of what i do so like a trademark for example you don't have to register to have one like as soon as you take a mark and you put it on a product you have trademark rights now the problem is you only have rights in the area where you sell right and so if you're doing e-com you're selling everywhere but not really anywhere yeah. right you know, in the old days of brick and mortar stores, it was very easy to say, okay, I sell in Louisville, Kentucky, yeah. draw, draw a 50 mile radius, and I've got trademark rights in Louisville, Kentucky. It's not how e-com works, right? So you register to avoid that problem. You want the entire United States as your, as your sphere of influence, basically. Same thing with copyrights. You don't have to register to have one. As soon as you put pen to paper, uh, brush to canvas, you know, fingers to keyboard, as soon as you publish that work, you've created into existence, you have a copyright. It is an enforceable right. You can't do anything with it until you've registered. You can't take anybody to court. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you register early, you get you know, all sorts of benefits. You get access to statutory damages. What's that? Well, that means you don't actually have to suffer any sort of harm to be able to get a nice fat check when you sue somebody. Yeah. It also means that you know you can sue someone, have your attorney's fees paid. Uh, you can get you know some exemplified damages if if you know certain things are done to your mark. Or to your to your to your work, uh, it's just there's there's such tremendous benefit in doing it, all for a pretty low fee. You know, yeah. I don't know why people ignore copyrights. You know, it's, it's like fifty bucks per filing fee just to file a copyright. Like I mean, that's if you want to grow and scale and build value in your business, have a copyright portfolio. You know, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Mm -hmm. That's that's going to be real tangible value when you exit. Uh, and I just don't. I think it's most people just they don't they don't think about it or they don't want to take the time to, to look into it or they don't want to spend the money on it. And really to me, you should, you should be copywriting everything, just registering over and over and over again. That's not so that I can build fees for it, but le legitimately like it's an effective way to police your work online. And oh, by the way, it's an investment in your business and an asset to your business when you look to sell. Right. No, no brainer to me. Yeah, 100%. All right, so what was the third point? So they oh, the, third was, yeah, the, third was, the third was get, do contracts. Get contracts in place with people. Yeah. Like handshake deals are for suckers. They really are. There are yeah. very few circumstances where I think a handshake deal is appropriate. Get a contract. Real serious businesses use contracts. And oh, by the way, don't find some form template thing on the internet. You know, you're, whatever template you found is worth the money that you paid for it. Mm -hmm. And if you copied and pasted it off the internet for free, it's probably not all that good. Yeah. You are going to be entering into transactions on a recurring basis. Maybe you perform services. You should have a services agreement. Maybe you do, you do licensing. You should have a license agreement. You know, whatever your business is, you should have a custom template for your business. Um, contracts, you got to have them, you know, and they will, they will save your hide when you find yourself in a tough spot and you've got people arguing over, well, what were you supposed to do and what was the deal and what was it? No, 
yeah. have a contract that clarifies everything. And people seem to, when there's a layer of familiarity, or there's a level of familiarity, that's when they try to avoid it, which is really the time that you should have. That's, that's the time that, that's, that's the time when you absolutely need it. You know, when yeah. everybody's chummy and everybody's friends, like, yeah. no, let's have a contract. Let's just be really clear. Here's what we're doing. Like there's, there's, Again, it's almost like the money discussion. There's just this, oh, I don't want to, I don't offend him by asking to have a contract. No, you should absolutely have a contract. Let's just be super clear, super transparent, because that's what our relationship is all about. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, doesn't have to be overly legal, but it should specify, like, you know, what are we doing here? How much is being paid? And what happens if none of this happens the way we think it's going to Right. You got to protect yourself. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, so we're going over time here by quite a lot. So last question is, you got one or two choices. Either what's the craziest thing you've seen sold online so far, or what's the craziest tactic you've seen to sell stuff online? Oh, my goodness. You know, as, as I was thinking about that, that question, I, I don't know why this, this occurred to me, but it was, it was going back to the days of college. And this was, you know, pre-Amazon. This was, you know, eBay and people, you know, just yeah. Beer, you know, making beer money or whatever, selling stuff. There was a there was a buddy of mine who would go to the local Goodwill store and buy just like the rattiest, dirtiest T-shirt he could find. You know, just for you know pennies on a dollar, right? And he would bring it back to his dorm room and he would create the most elaborate eBay uh, listing around it. But what was what was beautiful about it? What I just thought I was shocked and appalled and and fascinated all at the same time was it wasn't the shirt that he was selling, but it was the story around the shirt. Yeah. These elaborate stories about how he was out at a party and here's the thing that happened. And then people, you know, started running down the street and they ended up in the woods and then the thing happened and a dragon. I mean, just ridiculous stories that would take him literally like just hours to write because it had to be perfect. All to take like, you know, a 50 cent t-shirt to make $15 on. And people, people, it was amazing. People would actually buy shirts. And we even leave comments saying, I didn't even want this shirt, but I love the story so much. I had to buy the shirt. Yeah. And so as I, as I think back to that, you can see a lot of it on the online space now. Yeah. Not so much what your physical product is or even the service that, that you're selling. But if you can craft a story around it, that's what sells and that's yeah. what that's what gets that's good marketing and he was he was a genius at it some of his stories uh were frankly just just outlandishly ridiculous i yeah. don't yeah. to this day i still think man that guy was really really smart and he always had beer money so you know, yeah that's awesome that's funny yeah. that's yeah. awesome all right man well took a lot of your time today so appreciate you yeah. being here happy to be here glad to be on the podcast yeah yeah. So for people who want to get in touch with you, what's your website? What's the easiest way for them to reach out if they're looking to work with you? The easiest way would be counselinthecloud.com. Council is C-O-U-N-S-E-L uh, in the cloud, because I am in the cloud. I have a virtual law office. Uh, so reach out uh, and you can go to the website and just send me a contact or send me an email. I'd be happy to chat with you. All right. Awesome, man. Appreciate you again. Everyone watching, this has been The Few, The Proud, The Profitable. So we'll catch you next time.